You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to put an end to them. I think it sounds depressing. Like we talked about last week when we said the beings are countless. When we say that delusions are inexhaustible, we're saying that they have no, there's no border. There's no place where they stop and something else starts. And so again, if we follow that to its logical end, everything is delusion. There's no safe place. So we start in this kind of quagmire where delusion is the air that we breathe. Traditionally, when we speak of delusion, we would speak of the, the primary delusion or the fundamental delusion, which is the delusion of I. This narrative, this construct, this idea of who I think I am. This limited self. Becomes the basis for all, all sorts of confusion. Because everything starts with I. And if I'm wrong about what I is, the rest of the sentence can't be right. But delusion isn't just misunderstanding who I am or misunderstanding what I am. It has to do with, with how I see. And more specifically, it has to do with what I believe. You know, we, we have this phrase, delusions of grandeur. Maybe we've all been guilty at some point of, of having delusions of grandeur. But if you, just, if you just fantasize about being important, that's not a delusion of grandeur. That's just, that's just daydreaming. A delusion has to be something that you believe in order to be a delusion. It's something that you've swallowed. Something that I struggle with just intellectually. It's, it's one of these ideas that's too big for me. Is when I hear scientists talking about objective reality. They might talk about how a bee sees the world. Because a bee has a particular set of eyes. Or how a dog sees the world. I remember as a child I had a much... For some reason, I knew uh, that certain animals were colorblind and that other animals weren't colorblind, and that seemed really interesting to me. 
And the punchline of, of these kinds of conversations and the thing that always knocks me down is that we don't have an objectively true way of seeing the world. We think we do. We think that the way the world looks is the way that I see it. The way that I see it, it's right there. You know, the leaves are turning red. And this, this floor is, is shades of brown. That's objectively true. But it's true through human eyes. And as humans, we only get to see it through human eyes. But we can also know that other creatures don't see it this way. And if we're honest, we don't get to say that we're seeing it the right way. We're seeing it according to the tools that we have. And the tools that we have make it look like this. <laughs> and the tools that they have make it look like that. <laughs> What I struggled with from the time I was a child and still struggle with now is that when I hear that, you know, that a, a, a tarantula sees the world through this kind of crazy kaleidoscopic, uh, you know, bundle of, of lenses, I think, well, that is a partial and confused vision of the world. Right? The spider doesn't see it clearly, and that's kind of sad, but it probably benefits the spider for some you know, evolutionary purpose. But I, I see it in, in 4K ultra, right? The poor spider. That's delusion. And what's important here is not that what we're seeing is false. We can get very confused when we start talking about these things. We can imagine that if what we're seeing isn't true, then therefore it must be the opposite of true. That's not it. It's partial. It's one side. It's one facet. That's important because if I think that what I'm seeing is right, everything I do will be wrong. If I think that what I see is wrong, that it's not true, then I'll be paralyzed. I won't be able to move because I'll think that everything is a lie. I'll be trapped. But if I see that I just don't see everything. Then I can move. Then I can act. But with humility. And with caution. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to put an end to them. How do you end delusion? By not believing it anymore. It's that simple.
it's, it's such an odd thing for a religious tradition to, to put out there. But the message is clear. Your opinions aren't true. Don't trust them. Your ideas are not true. Don't trust them. Your memories are not true. Don't trust them. Don't trust your mind. Trust vow, perhaps. Trust a trajectory. But in each moment, when you see whatever is in front of you, acknowledge that you don't see everything. Just simply acknowledge that there's more. Two things happen, I think. One is that when we become open to the idea that there's more, sometimes we see a little bit more. Though I don't think we ever get to see everything. It wouldn't make sense. And the other is that we start to rest in doubt. We rest in not knowing. We rest in what they call don't know mine. The beauty of doubt, and this is what I tell my kids, because sometimes they don't know, they say, why do, why do my friends say these things? You know, why, why are they doing these things? Kids are so confusing. You know, sometimes kids hit each other because they like each other. That's not okay. But what I tell my kids is when in doubt, be kind. Right? And then part two is always be in doubt. You can do that. You can move forward in the world without ever allowing yourself to believe that you know what another person is thinking. And the reason you can do that is because you can move through the world without ever allowing yourself to believe that you really know what you're thinking. If you pay attention, you can see it's not so clear. It's not so obvious even to you. We have these lenses in our lives. We feel different when it rains. We feel different when we're sick. We feel different when someone is coming to visit us whom we haven't seen in a long time and whom we love. We feel different when we hear bad news and it carries with us far beyond that moment. So that even as I'm grieving this, someone says this. And suddenly this 
is more terrible than it would have been if I weren't grieving this. There's no one piece of the puzzle that gets to stay still. There's no one piece of the puzzle that gets to be perfectly clear or perfectly true. We put an end to delusion, not by, you know, we, I think we want, I want, when I hear something like this, I want to imagine that, okay, if I'm not seeing everything accurately, if I'm not seeing everything in a true way, I, I, I want there to be a kind of spiritual curtain that I, that's, that's invisible to me, right? Because that's a reward. If I see properly, then I'll see that everything is actually like this. That would be the best. That would be so great. But not only do I not believe that, I think that believing that is is a way to guarantee that you don't mature into a functional, generous being. It's a way of saying, stop. Because then there's something you're always waiting for. There's a condition on your life, right? If everything comes together, I'll finally see the true layer. And when I see that, I'll know what to do. So we put an end to that. I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.